the spell. It's been just over a week <coughs> that I've moved from Los Angeles to Long Beach, California, and it's been quite a ride. The day I was moving, the movers came to pack up my stuff because some of you know, some of you don't. I, I'm injured right now. I have an injured shoulder, so I'm being forced to ask for help, which is not my strong suit. <laughs> anyway, as they're packing up, um, some of you may be familiar with what's going on in Echo Park uh, in Los Angeles. Some of you may not, but the day they were packing up, there was literally 300 L.A. PD deployed to Echo Park Lake, which is the park lake that I live down the street from. And they were deployed to relocate the unhoused people. And they put up a fence around Echo Park. So you can't even go in there with signs and notices that say that they're closed for improvement, which is all just a bunch of <clears throat> you know, BS, I think, and posturing. Um, anyway, it was very fitting to have my items packed up into a old U-Haul that said end times hauling as police are flying down the street and there are military helicopters overhead. So it's been hard to get much done. I like landed and I have just been in the fetal position mostly um, until actually kind of today. So... I wanted to come back on here and talk about a couple of things. A lot of people ask me like how I started reading tarot, so I thought I would address that. But also, I just wanted to remind you that there are so many ways that we grieve. And I think a lot of us are grieving multiple things right now. Grief is not limited to the loss of the physical presence of a person, being, or object. Grief can be the loss of self or a former life. Even if you are moving into a direction that is good for you, that you're excited about, you can still grieve what was. And I think that it's much like this multi-layered thing that we don't understand. So if you are grieving who you used to be, it's okay. If you're grieving your old life pre-pandemic, it's okay. It's part of the process. Even if you're excited about what's coming, you're allowed to grieve. And it doesn't need to make sense to you or to anyone. You can just be in that energy. So what is going on, you know? The energy has felt insane. I, I mean, I've felt kind of hungover since the recent full moon in this weird way and still trying to acclimate and adjust. And um, something that I have noticed before I get into my whole reluctant psychic story for you is um, there's been a lot of people 
really activated in their triggers and projecting on other people and saying, I'm not projecting, but, but I am, but they are, you know? So I want you to know that this is a trying time and try to just be easy with yourself and um, also just try to remember that even if someone is making it like about you or your fault or their hurt and like a lot of that is um, and they're not willing to own any of their own part in it like you don't I definitely believe in sticking up for yourself but I don't think you have to correct or educate everyone obviously if they're hurting you yes advocate for yourself but some people it's not worth it you know it's not worth draining your battery over. So a mantra that I've been saying a lot in the last couple of weeks that um, I encourage you to do the same, especially if you're feeling projected upon and maybe you feel that and you don't even know the source of it. Um, this is what I have been saying to myself repeatedly. My protections only show you your own reflection. My protections only show you your own reflection. My protections only show you your own reflection. So just remember that you are allowed to deflect what is coming at you that is not yours. Um, what's interesting as well is like, I'm one of those people where I can definitely tell tone in text. I know people are like, you can't tell tone in text. But I can read energy. So while the words may not be able to articulate a tone, I can feel the tone that's coming in. And because of my autistic operating system, what happens, or at least in the past for me, is I tend to mask and mirror, like parrot what other people kind of project at me and that can cause a lot of things like disruptions because people can get very offended when you reflect back to them the same energy that they're giving you and um this is another way you know you have to like pause and remind yourself like okay they're pushing that at me I don't have to push it back you don't have to take it but you can imagine that your outer is a mirror surface and it can go back and they can either own it and walk away and integrate it, you know, but you don't have to intake it anymore. So just know that. So I hope you all are hanging in there. It's been a very like testing time. So a question that I'm often asked and multiple times and it's really kind of just nuanced and layered and it's like honestly I'm like why do you even why does it matter I mean I, I know why it matters but it sometimes I'm just like me I'm so ugh, I don't know like yeah I guess when you're a person like myself I've been through a lot of experiences and I've had mixed reactions to sharing my experiences so when people often ask me what my experience is, I, I don't believe you really want to know. <laughs> because when I've told people what 
was going on, they haven't believed me or they kind of minimized it or like, no, people say that to me a lot. No, that didn't happen. How could it? Like they, they're always like shocked and in awe of how people treat or talk to me until they actually see it. Now I'm not saying that people treat me badly, but people have really loose lips around me and they tend to just say what needs to come out. I often call it like, it's like a weird truth serum where people just say what they're really feeling and it can be harsh, but I prefer to know the truth and like, like hear the niceties, but feel the, the, um, the falseness of it, if that makes sense. So I've been reading tarot for some time. I was first introduced to it at a pretty young age. I think I was like in elementary school, my mom's friend would read tarot, but I, it was just something I would observe. And then at 18, I overdosed in, in rehab my adopted dad's mother gave me my first deck of cards. It was Egyptian tarot. And I started teaching myself. It didn't really, there wasn't much information available to me at that time. It was like a little booklet that came with it, but I mostly was just teaching myself. And then I think it was like a year later, I had... Yeah, it was like a year later, I had moved in with like, I had roommates, like four roommates, and we lived in a house. And my roommate gifted me the Thoth deck, and that was really potent, and that really kind of rocket launched me into really learning about the tarot. This connection to the tarot for me was very personal. I was not interested in doing readings for people. That didn't seem like fun to me. I had a dread of that. And I really kind of kept it private, especially, you know, in Providence, Rhode Island, you know, like the late 90s, people weren't very open. Um, you know, or they kind of like make fun of me for being into weird stuff, especially like my rock and roll kind of... Uh, music friends. So there was that. So tarot is a really private journey for me. Actually, a lot of the esoteric was. I visited a lot of dusty old New England bookstores. If anyone out there is from Rhode Island and remembers the Pyramid Bookstore on Thayer Street, that was a place I frequented often as well as a couple other places like Grateful Heart that was um, in another town. But there weren't many places to go. And I would get readings. I was almost addicted to readings for a little while until a reader, an astrologer woman older, was like sat me down and had a conversation with me about relying on it too much which I didn't really appreciate at the time and I probably couldn't really understand why until much older. So I would do little readings here and there for myself and then every once in a while I would own, people would really be like do a reading for me, do a reading for me and it was not, again, I was really resistant. 
And then in, well, there's like a couple of changes, right? I like dove deep into my artistic career. I lived and worked downtown Providence at AS220, which was an art space nonprofit. And I lived there and I worked there and I performed and I exhibited and silk screened and painted and made posters and performed in the weekly variety show. I was very involved in art. And I go-go danced for a band and for a club. And honestly, I didn't think much of thought, well, this is my life. I never planned on living very long. So everything was just kind of a new day. And then I had a stint of working for a local textile designer and even going to Fashion Week New York and like herding <laughs> models for their spring show, which also happened to be the same weekend as 9-11. And that, I was in New York, and I woke up in the middle of the night, completely wide awake for no reason, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to head back. So I got on the first and last bus out of the city. It wasn't until we had stopped in Connecticut somewhere on like that Greyhound bus that we were notified about the towers. So within that moment, or I would say within the next couple of weeks, everything changed. Um, obviously that work was not gonna be happening anymore and I think I went on tour, I tour managed a band. It was like a real wild ride. I did a few more things and then, you know, art-wise, and then I moved to New York. And in New York, I had multiple jobs. I stage managed um, midnight burlesque shows at the Slipper Room, which I do believe still exists <laughs> in the Lower East Side. I was a buyer at Beacon's Closet in Williamsburg. And I did installs for a fabric sculpture company. And then I would do readings but by referral, and I hated it. <laughs> but I, that's where I kind of started doing more readings, like early 2000s, like 2003, around that time. My stint in New York didn't last very long. I moved on a whim to LA in 2006. And let me tell you, the first year in LA was magic. Things just clicked into place. Things would just appear when I thought of them. It was very um, surreal. And I had a whole new life. But a year to the date of moving, everything changed and turned upside down. My roommate at the time got engaged and their their fiance moved in and it just like was going to change the dynamic and I also so I decided because everything had been going so swimmingly I just didn't really have a plan and I thought I would find something right away and I didn't 
I was houseless for a while. I also at the same time was just working retail jobs and one of the retail jobs I was in uh, fired me. It's the first and only time I've been fired. There's multiple reasons why I got fired. One was I was a, a total duress, but also to be fair, they said I was not the right vibe anymore. And to me, it was blatant, um, like cool kid stuff. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, anyway. It, it was brutal. It was a real rude awakening and shallowness, but I will say it's what pushed me on the path to doing readings more regularly because I needed to make money and feed myself and all that stuff. I somehow managed to find an apartment, go into complete debt, and I started working for the Los Angeles Public Library as a messenger clerk, and I also got a job at a cafe with no barista experience, but here I am making coffee. The library um, had to lay me off because of budget cuts, but they ended up hiring me on to teach tarot for teens, which I was like, nobody wants to learn that. And they're like, but they do. So that was a trip. That kind of began that. And then I started doing readings out of um, a metaphysical bookstore. And it's the first time I started reading like complete strangers, no referrals. And that was in 2009. And it became my only work. And it just snowballed from there. And I'm going to tell you, it was challenging. Because I would, I would do readings wherever, you know. There would be days in the beginning before I went full time where I would work in the coffee shop. I would go in at 5 a.m., open the coffee shop at 5.30 a.m. by myself. I'd work till about 12. I'd go home. I'd take a little nap. And then I would go read tarot either on the patio of Stories Bookstore and Cafe in Echo Park or like the Medusa Lounge, which was a club like off a temple, on Temple or Beverly. I can't remember right now, but, you know. I even did readings at the Rose Bowl where I would get heckled and harassed by um, heavy-duty Christians. It was a trip. And while there was like, oh, I was busy. It was wild to me. But it was, um, it was gnarly. I never, ever imagined. I thought it would be a fluke. It would be, this is it. And I don't know. Here we are. It's 2021. And I will say that doing readings and sitting with people has been a phenomenal experience. I've met some really incredible people. But I've also, like, met some very <laughs> just hard lessons because I didn't have any teachers, and that was challenging. What I find fascinating is I don't think you need to be born into this because I didn't know that. I didn't think I was born into it, but then I actually found out that my father, my biological father's, mother 
my grandmother was a tarot reader and read cards at Woodstock, which is pretty cool. And it turns out that these kind of seer gifts and things are also inherited on that side of the family. There are definitely some witches, like Strega stuff on my mom's side, but my father's family's got some definite um, magicians in there as well. So there you have it. Does it, you know, that that's kind of like my tarot version of it, but, you know, in terms of being psychic and clairvoyant, those things have been with me my whole life. I've had three near-death experiences, and the first one at six months old, I, I've always been able to see beings and energy, and, and I've gone through seeing scary things to seeing beautiful things, and, and it's at times a wonderful thing, and then other times I've thought, God, this is awful. But it's, it's a different journey for each person. I don't think everyone's awakening story, while there might be similar bullet points on the path, it's unique to them. If you're going through your own awakening and you are fortunate enough to do it now with all of these other people who are waking up, It's important for you to, my advice would be, is to keep it balanced. Don't be consumed with just overdoing it. And I think being of service is beautiful, but like make sure you do your homework. Do your protections, your grounding, and the things that you need to sustain yourself so you don't get sick or burned out because it's a lot of work. And I also like to remind people that like, it's not all party tricks. You know, we sit with people and if we're lucky, we get to reflect to them things that they already know deep down inside. I often tell people, I'm only here to hold space for you for the things you already know. If you need permission, that's what we give. But you often, when working with other people, you are there as a reflection. If you are finding you're connecting with people who want you to prove it. Like you have to decide if that's what you need to authenticate yourself. I personally don't want to read for people where they're like, prove it to me, you know? Like you gotta wanna be there. So that's just one kind of version or storyline of how I became a reader, and a very reluctant one. <laughs> I think it didn't really change until about 2013 when I made the first 
uh, edition of the Sacred Symbols. And it was because I realized that I could uh, marry or bring together the two things that were part of my life, which was like the intuitive work, but also my life force, the art. And that is when I became excited again. The fact that I could create tools to help empower other people and not have them rely on me, but to invoke and invite in their own connection to their own magic. So I hope this little story time <laughs> gives you some inspiration if for your own practice, if that's what you wish or just a little other side of the coin perspective if you enjoy getting readings. I look forward to bringing you more once I'm a little more settled into my new place. And I want you all to continue to take great care of yourselves, stay safe, and blessed be. Mm -hmm.